in the how approach to life. Yeah. You know, first I have to be honest and say there's a problem. And then I have to, once I do, I become open to a new way of living. So I say we go to meetings for a few months and then get out of there. Find an accountability partner, surround yourself with mentors that you can talk with when life gets overwhelming. All of our problems stem from our inability to sit quietly in a room alone. We always have to be doing something. Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. What's up, y'all? We're here at the Born Unbreakable podcast, and I have round two. I'm back for round two with my buddy, Dennis Berry, life mastery coach, He's, you know, we, we, I brought him here before we had a great conversation and I did something that was silly, which is when I set up our interview, these wonderful platforms that podcasters have to just pour their love and their heart and their soul out into the world have buttons. Some of these buttons, you know, say audio, another button says audio and video. And guess what? Only the audio button was checked. And I just felt like that was a crime. That was a crime because we we got to see the footage, the video conversation because it's just so awesome. So I didn't want you to miss out. I have Dennis back with me and I wanted to continue the conversation that we started. We talked, we talked about a lot of things, but specifically we were talking about addiction because that was a story he shared. If you have not already, I would suggest that you go back to that episode with Dennis Berry. Um, and you, you will see it there. It's just a two episodes ago. I think it was episode 113. And uh, listen to that and then come come on back over here and tune into this episode. Uh, what I wanted to continue with and asking Dennis about is we heard your story, Dennis, where in your specific situation, you were in a bad place and you were spiraling. You had a girlfriend, which it was hilarious at the time. You said, I don't even know how I had a girlfriend. Um, and and she was she was done with the situation, looked up, you know, a, an institution for you to get rehabilitated, and that's what you did. I want to acknowledge, you know, anybody who's listening that could be suffering, or like you said, maybe they're not in a place where it's it's so bad and but but they know that they need help. I, I want to talk generally to people, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't have that sort of moment where somebody's like doing the phone call or looking up the internet for you, what, what do you do? What are some steps that you can take proactively? If you're at a place where you're saying, I am ready to get help with fill in the blank addiction. Mm. Great question. It's really powerful. You know, my story, if people hadn't listened to it, please go back and check it out. It was, I think we had such a great talk last time um my story was like crippling but not everybody's is 
I, you know, I was at the end drinking a half a gallon, a gallon of whiskey every day. But I, I used to go to these meetings, you know, almost 20 years ago. And this, I remember going to this speaker meeting at an AA meeting that I used to go to. And this woman was the speaker and she was sober, like whatever, like 15 years at the time. And she was sober because she used to drink two shooters of vodka every day. And I was like, two shooters, that's not even enough for a drink. You know, I drank two shooters just to wake up in the morning. But to her, it was a problem, right? So we don't define uh, addiction, alcoholism, whatever whatever word you want to use by anything specific, just that uh, it's it's a problem for you. So for some, there's an area, there's a really popular term now called the gray area. And that's for some people that think, like, my life's not falling apart yet, but I don't want it to. So I'm kind of stuck in this in-between place where maybe I drink too much, maybe I smoke too too much pot, maybe it's just I eat too much or whatever. Maybe I'm watching porn too much. Maybe I'm laying in front of the Netflix for eight hours a day. Whatever your addiction or what I like to call distraction is, uh, there's ways to cope with that. Now, uh, in my case, and as an addiction recovery coach for the last 17 years, uh, what I find is this. And it's somewhat controversial because uh, a lot of people believe in AA or 12-step programs. I did that for a very long time. And my suggestion, and when I get fresh people that are uh, newly sober and struggling, I send them to AA. And the reason is, is because it's a great introduction to how all of this works. It's not, in my opinion, the end game because there's so much more. But what it does, first of all, it gets us out of isolating, which in my opinion, if I'm not a religious man, but if I was, I would call isolation the devil. Because the reason I get overwhelmed, insecure, anxious, full of fear and whatever your problem of the day is, is because I'm sitting at home by myself trying to figure everything out. And I don't know how to do that. So I end up drinking or eating or doing any of these other number of distractions. So I don't have to feel that way. So the best part is the fellowship of those 12-step programs. I get to go and sit in a room with other like-minded people and talk and get what's going on up here out because this is the problem. Drinking is not the problem. It's my thinking. It's my thinking that I don't know how to handle, so I turn to distractions to take me away from the thinking. So long explanation to say... Mm -hmm. What we want to do is build a healthy support system around us. And when people ask me, I'm on these interviews all the time or even on social media when I'm uh, posting, if you follow me along with me, you'll see I always say things like, ask for help. If you don't know how to get there, whatever there is. Maybe you're starting a business. I don't know how to do that. Ask for help. Maybe your relationship is suffering. I don't know how to fix it. Ask for help. I don't know how to stop drinking. Ask for help, right? Me trying to do everything on my own keeps getting me in trouble. I don't know how to do it. So uh, when I go to an AA meeting or an NA meeting or a CA meeting or whatever your A is, then we sit there. You know, if I go to a coffee shop and say, walk up to somebody I don't know and say, hey, you know what? Sometimes I have thoughts of suicide or I'm so worried about my life is falling apart. My have health problems. My relationship sucks and everything's falling apart. You can't do that in Starbucks. But if I go to an AA meeting and sit around the room 
And I say, you know what? Sometimes I have thoughts of suicide. I'm confused. My life is out of control. I have financial problems, health problems, relationship problems, and I don't know what to do. And you look around the room and everybody's nodding their head because they understand. So mm -hmm. that's the best place to be in the beginning when you don't know where to go. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to go to AA. Well, neither do I. But what they do is they, <laughs> they provide you with tools and some opening uh, ways to start. So here's a book. Here's uh, the first thing I have to do is admit there's a problem. And I talked about this with you last time in the how approach to life. Yeah. You know, first I have to be honest and say there's a problem. And then I have to, once I do, I become open to a new way of living. And then I become willing to apply new uh, ways of living into my life. And so when I go to a meeting, uh, then I become open at that meeting. And people will reach out and hug me until I can hug myself and love myself. The problem I find, uh, you know, I think everybody should go there for a little while, 30, 60 or 90 days. I went for years. And what I realized was that I became addicted to AA. I became addicted to the fellowship because I, I wasn't learning how to solve problems on my own. If you go to an AA meeting, that's an hour. Travel on each side and talking to people before and after the meeting, that's like, it ends up being two hours or more. Whereas I, if I start developing healthy coping skills about life and my overwhelming circumstance comes up, like I have a relationship problem or I just have a craving or I have a, something triggered me and I can learn some tools to get through that in two or three minutes instead of spending two or three hours going to a meeting. That's really the goal. I just want to learn how to help with uh, cope with life effectively and efficiently so i say we go to meetings for a few months and then get out of there find an accountability partner surround yourself with mentors that you can talk with when life gets overwhelming because it does i'm not saying that we go to meetings yeah, yeah. we figure some things out we stop drinking and it's all rainbows and unicorns because that's not true the reason most people fail in sobriety is because or recovery of any type is because we say okay I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to get stoned. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And then the next day, life kicks you in the balls or the gut because that's what life does. But I haven't developed new healthy mm -hmm. coping skills. So I go right back to what I know how to do because I've been doing it for 10, 20, 30, or 40 years. So did that answer your question? Yeah. I mean, you're, it's comfort, right? Absolutely. It's, you, you, go back to what you're, you go back to what you're comfortable with. And it's funny that you mentioned the, oh, you could go in, if you went into Starbucks and yeah, I mean, you could try to go into a Starbucks and talk to strangers, but probably your results would be different than if you actually went to a community like AA. But I love your honesty. I love your honesty because essentially another thing that you're, you're saying, and I'm just paraphrasing it in a different way is don't replace one addiction with another addiction, right? Because last time you came on the show, we talked about excess. You use that word a few times and that really resonated with me. And I hope that resonated with others because we're talking about anything that you do in excess. And so if you're spending hours and hours and hours doing a particular thing and it's, you know, taking up your time and it's starting to be in a negative direction or you, you create, you know, what therapists would say, codependence on a something like if I don't have this, then you know, I will be incomplete. I will be, you know, all this stuff um, that that can happen. 
It's not only relationships. You know, I know that's the most dominant place we hear that word is, you know, you're reliant or dependent on a person, but it's, it's the same relationship that you can build with a substance or, or, or something. And, and that's essentially what, you know, addiction is. So I, I love you talking about the, the levels of transition that you might go through where community is the place that can get you started, but then it's really yourself that's going to keep you sustained. Yeah. And let's carry it further. Sustained. First of all, a few things you said there were magical and gold. And that's why I was like, we should have another hour to talk about this stuff. But uh, yes, we want to be able to uh, be self-sustained and be able to handle life as it comes at us because it never, it's never going to stop coming at you. Life comes at you. We make decisions, we make choices, we choose directions, and they don't always go the, the way we want them to. And so we, we revert back to old behavior because that's what yeah. we're used to. The other thing you said is, uh, which is very important yeah. to talk about, is cross addictions, right? I'm not going to drink, but I'm going to get stoned. I'm not going to get stoned, but I'm going to eat chocolate. I'm not going to eat chocolate, but I'm going to watch porn. I'm not going to watch porn, but I'm going to scroll mindlessly on my phone for four hours. You know, and we constantly do these things because we don't, there's a great quote. It's one of my favorites. And when people ask me all the time on shows, I always say the same thing. It goes back to this and I forget who it is. It's an old philosopher. And he said, all of our problems stem from our inability to sit quietly in a room alone. We always have to be doing something. I have to make money. I have to be with somebody. I have to go somewhere. I have to talk to somebody. We can't just sit still. And that's the source of all of our problems. If we could just sit still and detach from the things that we need to do or that we're supposed to do or who we're supposed to please, which I'll piggyback that into what you said before, the biggest addiction in the entire world. And again, when we when I bring up the word addiction, the first thing that comes to mind is drugs and alcohol, which are way down on the list. You know, now there's iPhones, coffee, Starbucks, Chick-fil-A, all these things, video games, Netflix, then drugs and alcohol, right? It's way down on the list. But the number one addiction, there's 8 billion people in the world. The number one addiction is codependency. We can't stand the thought of- Oh my gosh, right? It's the number one addiction. So- Alone. So most of the, like when you look at most relationships and by most, I mean, most relationships are unhealthy and unhappy. And why is that? For the most part, I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons. That's a whole nother show, which I love talking about this. We could talk about it for hours. But when you talk about, there's the first, it starts this way. Um, Tom Cruise had it wrong in Jerry Maguire. You complete me. That doesn't work. It's a nice sentiment in in Hollywood. It sounded nice and we all cried a little, but it's not the truth. We want two complete people that are sharing their- It's bullshit is what it is. Yeah, totally. Right, Dennis? Yeah, it really is. And when what happens is, and the reason all these dating sites and Tinder and everything, they're really cool in nature. And the idea behind it uh, was to connect you with people that you otherwise wouldn't have met. But we use it because we, again, it goes back to what I just said. We cannot stand the thought of being alone. And so what happens, first of all, we have what I call the uh, 2% rule of dating. And what that is, is we say, I have this list, these deal breakers. So for me, it's like no smoking, 
uh, no cheating, like those types of things. Those are my deal breakers. But when you meet somebody, you're like, thank God, I'm not alone anymore. So maybe we have great sex. Maybe there's this great communication for a couple months. And then all of a sudden, some of that goes away. And I'm stuck with this flawed human being who is breaking my rules. But I settle because I don't want to be alone. And so we get into those relationships. And then that can drag on for 20 years. And then it causes all kinds of problems. But that's just a lead in for this. So what happens after that is we finally break up. We reach this place where we can't take it anymore. One or both of us is just miserable and unhappy. And so we split, but we don't recover from the split. We don't heal from the relationships. We don't recognize our own behaviors and release the blame, get rid of the guilt and the shame, the things recognize our part in it all and heal those behaviors, which takes time. If you're in a 10-year relationship, five-year, 10-year, whatever relationship, and you get on Tinder a week after, you're not going to heal from the relationship. We need to feel the pain. But you know what you're saying, Dennis, most people do that. I mean, I'll just be straight up honest. Most people are like, you know, moving on, moving on to the next. I don't want to spend a minute here in my agony with my ice cream bowl and, you know, by myself, just riddled with sadness and depression and loneliness. Mm -hmm. So like, hey, this is a fix. I'm going to go on not just tinder but probably like seven other dating sites at the same time so you can just swipe you know incessantly for hours and like you're gonna get all these pings and your dopamine's gonna go nuts because you're like see that person didn't want me but look at how wanted i am and it's awesome and it feels great but to your point the healing the reflection the accountability. I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make after they transition. Now, it could be a relationship like you're talking about. It could be, you know, um, a job, anything where they, they have an opportunity to reset, reflect, and grow. And growth requires an assessment of yourself to say, how did I contribute to this situation? whatever that situation may be. And I don't think that pause and that assessment takes place nearly as much or as long as it should. Yeah, I mean, what I call it is love hopping. That's my uh, clinical scientific term by Dennis, right? It's called love hopping. So this doesn't work out, so I'm gonna hop into the next one and this is gonna fix. So this person had these three things that bugged the shit out of me. I hated them, that pissed me off, it ruined our whole relationship. So I'm gonna get on some website, I'm gonna find somebody and it's gonna be magic. They don't have these three things, but they have these other three things. And the truth is, if you're good with you, you have those boundaries where you don't let those people in. And even if they have things, it doesn't affect you the same way because you know who you are. When I work with couples, we always work separately, never together. It doesn't work. It's an old broken system. It's been broken since its inception. The three of you sitting in a room, a therapist and a couple, somebody wants to be there more than the other. Somebody is more talkative. Somebody's angrier or trying to hold on too much or whatever it is. And the real problems never get solved. And the real problem is both of you lost who you are. 
and you need to rebuild and improve yourself. Yeah. And you work separately on yourselves and then you bring your improved selves oh, back mm -hmm. into the relationship. It's the only way it works. It doesn't work any yeah. other way. And so once you do that, then you can form right, a healthy right. relationship again. And until you heal, stop blaming your partner for problems. And your, your partner may be completely to blame. Maybe they cheated, maybe there's abuse, whatever it is. In that case, we leave the relationship and we have to have those boundaries. Uh, but I've worked with couples where even we've moved beyond infidelity. But you have to get to a place that's like, yeah. what was my part in that? Maybe I pushed them to that place, you know. And this is real healing. Stuff. Yeah, and and that's and that's that's where self awareness comes in. And I think that's so important. The first place that you need to look is inward versus outward, because that's where you're going to find the most relevant answers is by going in here. So you know we one of the other pieces and, and you're touching on it and I just want to really put a point on it is um, sustainment because this is what I want people to leave these converse these last two you know interviews these conversations with is okay I, I know that I have an issue I have a problem with addiction to whatever and maybe it's multiple things I need to manage it control it you know so I can live a healthier better happier non-codependent life what are the keys to sustaining healthy habits when you're you're starting to okay and now i'm moving away from the aa how do you have that self-regulation and that sustainment great question and the answer is that um there's a saying in recovery land it says we only have to change one thing and that's everything that's the truth because my whole life was set up to numb out and to cope with life that way so it doesn't work. And so I need to change everything. So what we do is, and what I do and what most people do, we use what's called a holistic approach. It's a huge buzzword. Everybody throws it around because it's a big keyword in Google. But what does holistic mean? All holistic means, it doesn't mean spiritual or God or anything. All holistic means is whole. It comes from a root word, old English word, H-O-L, meaning whole. That's it. And it's now it's holistic. It sounds so beautiful. All it means is whole. So I need to become whole again. How do I become whole? Ancient principles. Dennis, this isn't Dennis's rules. This is ancient shit. Thousands of years old. I need to work on my body, my mind, and my spirit. That's it. It's a that you we see uh, diagrams and graphs with it everywhere you look on the internet. Body, mind, and soul. It means that I need to exercise, drink lots of water, read, write eat well and when i do those things and meditate i need to practice mindfulness and learn how to do that nobody wants to hear this everybody wants to hear there's a magic pill so they have now on now and they have antabuse which will make you sick if you drink and they have all these pills and quick solutions there isn't a quick solution for a truly happy life we have to build a foundation on which to stand otherwise if we have a shaky foundation we're going to collapse as soon as there's an earthquake and there's an earthquake like every day. That's the thing. It's like, here's my plans right. and I'm going to do this. And I wake up and then God, whatever God is, or the universe says, no, it's not going to go that way today. And I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how to handle that. So I drink, 
Whereas if I wake up and I say, yeah, oh, this yeah. is my calendar. I'm going to start with some mindfulness. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to drink uh, a couple of liters of water. So I get my organs going. I'm going to eat some fruits and vegetables. I'm going to uh, connect with people that are going to help push me closer to my financial relationship, health goals and business goals. And you start living that way, which we don't know how to do, which is why we need to reach out for help. Uh, then life goes that way. You know, we become a product yeah. of we who we hang around with, of the environment we hang around with. So if I hang around five millionaires, I'm going to be the next millionaire. If I hang around with five stoners playing Xbox, I'm going to get really good at Xbox. You know, so what are your goals? Where do you want to go? Now, if we, if we take that back to AA, what happens is I go to AA. And it's like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. My relationships, I got in a fight. You know, and now I'm sober a year, five years, 10 years. And I'm living my life. And I get overwhelmed. And I'm like, I need to go to a meeting. So I'm replacing the drinking and everything else with a meeting. Whereas, wow. You know, what I teach people is like cognitive behavioral therapy. I teach them all different other types of ways to cope with our thinking and with life. So we don't have to spend two hours going to a meeting just because life got hard for three minutes. So we just have to rebuild our lives and surround ourselves with success and health and we'll become healthy and successful. Yeah, it's, it is holistic is absolutely the way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not as hard as a thing. Um, I don't know how to get there. I need to ask for help. And I, to be honest with you, I'm going through a really hard transition in my life right now. I'm 50 and in a few months I'll be sober 20 years. And I'm in one of, it's my top four hardest transitions I'm going through in my life. And there's going to be more, but I'm managing it with diet, exercise, talking yeah. to people. I have a coach, I have multiple mentors mm -hmm. and I talk with people and I grow and expand yeah. my awareness and I just make it through. Yeah, I, I, I think it's <sighs> life is school. We are forever students. There is not a day where we reach a level of omnipotence and the mic gets dropped and you walk away and you are just this, you know, anointed one where you just are exempt from every problem that everybody else experiences except for you. Like that's not, not real, well, <laughs> but I do want to, I do. Wanna. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I, I wanted to make sure to emphasize because I didn't, um, I, you know, I know we pointed people to your, your website, which of course I'll put in the show notes again here so people could find you, but I'd love if, as we close you, you shared with us any programs that you have or anything that's coming up that you want to promote. So people can know more about how you specifically, um, can be of potential help. Sure. Yeah. So I, I used to do this all, uh, a lot more. And so the best way to reach out is that on my website, dennisberry.com. And on there, I have what's called Life Mastery School. And it's a series of free videos, currently free right now, but hurry up because that's mm -hmm. going to change, where you can watch um, a series of videos on addiction recovery, mindfulness and meditation, health and wellness, and love and relationships. You know, those are the big areas of life. And if you start working on those, 
things will change and fall into place. I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, my, my business practice is about to change to more of a business focus rather than an addiction focused concept. But for those that are still listening uh, to this, I will never in my life stop working with addicts and people that have a desire to change. So reach out to me if you're struggling and need help. I will always help you forever for the rest of my life. It's my purpose. I was lucky enough to find my purpose, which is to help people not have to suffer for as long or as hard as I did. And so if I get shortened that learning curve, I always will. It's not free, but I'm here to help. And you can set up a free session. The first one's always free. And we can talk for a while and see if it's a good fit. And if it is, we'll move from there. Yeah, that's tremendous. And, 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 you know, what a way to find your purpose, <laughs> because I, I could not get it out of my head after we talked the first time, you know, 16 years of all of the experiences that you had as an addict of, of, of a variety of things. You know, you talked a lot about the different, the drugs, the alcohol, and uh, you, were, you were quite living on the edge and for you to have transformed. And I didn't get a chance to say this in the way that I wanted to. So this is my redemption to you is I am so, I have a lot of gratitude and just, I felt so amazed by you truly embracing, not just the opportunity to transform because we're all capable of that. I just want to make sure anyone's listening understands that you are absolutely capable of transforming because you're not your past. You're not what happened to you. Those were just experiences. Those were just moments in time. You have full control of what you choose right now in this minute as you move forward. But what I want to acknowledge is that not only did you transform yourself, but you've devoted your time, your energy, your effort, your love, your attention to doing that for others. And that's, that's a big task because as you know, as someone who's gone through years of that transformation, it takes quite the effort, you know, to, to support someone through that. So I just, I want to acknowledge how, how amazing it is that you've done what you've done and you're now, you know, approaching two decades of making a difference in that in that way. Yeah, I can't believe it. <laughs> I mean, it just fit. It, I, you know, I remember yeah. sitting in the, a room 20 years ago going, listening to people go, I have 20 years of sobriety. And I, I remember thinking two things. One, you're lying. <laughs> that was the first thing I yeah. thought. And the other one was, uh, I want to be like you. I want to be like you right now. But here's the thing. If I was, I would have missed out on 20 years of experience the good, the bad, and the ugly. And That's I wouldn't trade any of it. And there was some really painful shit that happened in these 20 years. More painful. I've, I've experienced more pain, emotional and physical, in sobriety than I did in my first 31 years of life and my 16 years of drugs and alcohol. Uh, well, yeah, because you weren't numb. You had to actually experience it and not be numb when you were experiencing it. That's way fucking harder. Totally. I mean, yeah, and that's wisdom what you just said, and I hope people right? listening hear that because it's really true. The that what we're doing is avoiding life. People are like, "Can I go? Uh, you know, I 
I want to be able, the, the goal of sobriety is really to be able to go anywhere and do anything that you want in life, not sit at home and hide or sit in a meeting and mm-hmm. hide and avoid. I was avoiding life by drinking and doing drugs mm-hmm. for 16 years. Now, when I get sober, yeah, I need yeah. to like make some changes and chill out for a little while. And then I want to go live and not have to numb out. People are like, can I drink like a normal person? I never wanted to drink like a normal person. I want to drink like a pig and not have any consequences. That's what I want. Yeah. So since exactly. since I can't do that, yeah. I can't drink like and I don't want to. Yeah. And you're transformed. And I, you know, I know this was a, a shorter episode and I just want, I just wanted to give the, the full extent of what it deserved for your story, um, where you are today and just honoring, you know, I, I haven't stopped talking about you to, to people ever since we had the first podcast episode, because you've, you've had such a, a, an amazing impact on me. And that's, that's the beauty of doing this work is paying it forward. You know, when you meet somebody that captivates your, you know, captivates you, you, you want to talk to other people about them and make them aware so they can go get motivated by that person. And that's the, that's the incredible nature of human connection and what we're capable of doing. And that shit is free. Like just being able to, and that's, you know, talking about people and resources and pointing people in the right direction. We have so much ability to do that. We forget how powerful we are. And that is so powerful because it can be the difference. If you're listening right now, it can be the difference between where you are and where you are six months from now. And it could be a complete transformation. If you just made that phone call, sent that email, sent that text message and did exactly what Dennis professes over and over again, which is to ask for help. So I appreciate you so much for coming back, Dennis. Um, You are a forever part of Born Unbreakable. And um, this won't be the last time that I call you up to, you know, talk about stuff. So good. I look forward to it. You're the best. I love talking with you. You're such a great spirit and a great energy. I appreciate it. Thank you.